You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to the Full Steam Ahead podcast, a podcast about Purdue. This episode, we are talking back to school and how you can prepare for that mentally, physically, all kinds of sorts. We got five uh, subjects, tips we're kind of talking about today on the podcast. Today, my guests are Dr. Libby Richards and Dr. Meg Sorg from Purdue University. Thank you for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing well. Great. Well, Meg, we'll start with you. Uh, and a lot of these questions, they can relate to uh, other grade levels as well. I know our podcast focus on Purdue, but you know some of these things will apply for elementary, middle school, and high school students as well, I would assume. Um, but the first one, and this does maybe pertain a little more to college, Students are kind of returning to campus this week, and a lot of freshmen are arriving to a college campus for the first time. Talk about new routines and what they should kind of expect, you know, some of them, especially again, freshmen being their first time away from home. Sure. So that can really be a difficult transition for a lot of, especially freshmen. Um, and it can, be, it can be a tough transition even for your upperclassmen as well as they go from more of a routine summer um, into the classes where they may have an early morning class one day and a late afternoon class the other day. So that can really look different day to day. I would recommend that students think ahead and kind of look at what their week is going to, is going to look like and plan to get plenty of sleep, um, plan to think about where they're going to be parking, think about what their route's going to look like to class so that they can make sure that they get there on time. Um, and that may look different day to day for each student, yeah. and that can be tough. And I know like a lot of, at least this week, they have the Boiler Gold Rush going on there. It's a uh, optional freshman orientation. I know I did that my freshman year, and it was super beneficial to be on campus a, a week ahead of time before the rest of the student body got there to kind of do what you said, walk around campus and learn how long it's going to take to get from classroom to classroom. How beneficial do you think Boiler Gold Rush or just in general getting to campus early to kind of figure that routine out? Oh, gosh, I think it's invaluable. I came from a – I grew up in a town where, you know, there were – 6,000 people and I got onto a campus where there were 40,000 people <laughs> and so to, to navigate just the the campus itself but also to navigate interactions and to think about um, you know how to get places and how to um, how to see what that looks like when campus is filled up looks a lot different than when you're on here for those orientation days in the summer when it may not be as busy and so having a week, especially like Boiler Gold Rush, um, where you get some structured activities and then where you're also able to explore explore a little bit, excuse me, and and find where your classes are going to be, that's, it's really, really important. Um, I attended Boiler Gold Rush when I was a freshman, and um, I'm still best friends with three out of the however many were in my group. So. I personally can't say enough good things about BGR. <laughs> Me too. Also, another thing that comes with returning to school or you know arriving on a college campu- campus is vaccinations. Talk about what colleges require and ways to just kind of keep healthy as you enter this environment. Sure. So the newest one that's going to be required by most colleges, including Purdue right now, is the meningitis B vaccine. 
That's a newer one um, compared with, with a lot of the others. It's not mandated for our high school students at this point, but like I said, a lot of the colleges are requiring it. So that's something that if freshmen haven't already looked at this um, or haven't already gotten their vaccine, they want to they wanna check on, our parents want to check on to make sure that they don't need that prior to getting to campus. Um, the meningitis A vaccine has been on the mandated series for Indiana for several years now, so all of our incoming freshmen should be vaccinated against meningitis A. Those are two of kind of the big ones when you're talking about infectious diseases on a college campus and in dorm rooms. Um, flu shots, we're coming up quick on, on the 2019-2020 flu season because college students are in an environment where they're around a lot of people. Um, it's kind of prime breeding ground for flu to spread from person to person. And so it's really important that college students do get their flu vaccine annually um, to, to stay as healthy as they can. Um, along with that, you know, the mandatory vaccines for Indiana, they should be up to date on things like measles, mumps, rubella, varicella, or chickenpox, um, your hepatitis A and hepatitis B. So all of those things that um, that are still floating around out there, these students should be vaccinated against. But if you're unsure um, what your vaccination history looks like, I would recommend checking with your primary health care provider or health department and making sure that, that you're caught up with everything. Thanks, Meg. And, and Libby, uh, if students get to campus and kind of figure out to realize they haven't got some of these and they need them before classes start, is there a local uh, hospital on campus or what can they do to kind of make sure they get all the required vaccinations before uh, classes start? So vaccines are readily available in the community and either free or low cost. For example, students can visit the Student Health Center on their campus to receive any vaccinations that they may need. But they can also go to the local health department and receive vaccines at low or no cost and public transportation goes there as well as all of our local pharmacies now provide vaccinations too. So it's easy access. That's great. And Libby, another big thing for I think our whole culture in general, myself included, is this smartphone era we live in and our phones and how much we use them for literally everything. Talk about how those can affect college students or students in general, especially with how much time we spend on them and how we should limit that and how that affects uh, sleep, studying, and all those things that go along with that. So college can be stressful in and of itself. And then when you add social media to the mix, the social pressures and stigmas that can go along with social media and everything that we see on our electronic devices can really take that stress to another level. Um, and in addition, if it's not stressing out a student, it's taking a big chunk of time away from things that could be more healthful, for example, being physically active or studying. And so we're seeing more and more every cohort of students coming in uh, have their electronic devices out. Mm -hmm. And even if they have like laptops or tablets in class, they also have messenger opened or some other type of chat device. So it interferes with 
their ability to get the message that you're trying to share during class, and it also can greatly interrupt sleep and study habits. And so some of the recommendations that I give students that I interact with are to put the phone away, like, in your sock drawer when (laughs) students are going to study so they don't even see it because if they hear it buzz or anything like that, the first reaction is to pick the phone up Um, and to also close out any browsers that have social media open while they're studying on their computer. In addition to giving yourself electronic free time before you try to fall asleep because it can really impair the quality sleep that we receive. So trying to find, you know, 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime where you're not attached to an electronic device. I get that it's hard, but it really does make a big difference in the quality of sleep that you can get. And for crying out loud, don't be holding your phone up to your face as you're crossing the street, right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Super unsafe to be staring at your phone as you're walking across campus. I've seen people fall upstairs, downstairs, walk in front of vehicles. Safety hazard, man. Uh, Another thing that we like to do is eat. And how can food um, affect uh, a college student, you know, it's, an, again, a new environment where you're maybe away from mom and dad and you can kind of eat all you want or, um, you know, trying to balance out taking care of meals on yourself or by yourself, I should say. Um, how does that affect college students? Sure. So it's just it's an extra challenge that students are facing that they have to plan their own meals when they likely haven't had to plan all of their meals before. There's also very easy access, um, actually 24 hours a day, to vending machines, fast food, and other unhealthy options (laughs) that can make it very difficult for a student to make a healthy choice. And so I like to suggest that within an arm's reach, you have a healthy snack, whether it be a fruit-filled granola bar or an apple or a banana. There's plenty of things that don't require a refrigeration or anything like that and have a long shelf life so you don't have to worry about um, access to a grocery store. But if it's within arm's reach, you're way more likely to reach for something healthy than go seek out something unhealthy. Once we feel hunger, that's when we start to make poor decisions, um, you know, with a vending machine or at the dining court. And another recommendation, especially in dining courts, when students can grab whatever they want, the suggestion is always, you know, fill your plate to a modest amount, and if you're still hungry, then go back for more instead of trying to cram everything in because most of this generation were – clean plate club people and we want to finish whatever we have, but we may not be hungry while we're still eating it. Um, And also thinking about high energy snacks. So things that will provide nutrition and energy for you. So having a container of nuts, for example, or trail mix is a really good solution instead of going for a bag of chips. Cool. All right. Thank you, Libby, for that. That's some great stuff there. And, and Meg, to kind of wrap this up, the other big uh, 
talking point here is sleep. And again, once again, we're, you know, as young students, we are away from home for the first time and our parents aren't there to tell us to go to sleep at nine o'clock or whatever. (laughs) And you're kind of on your own again. How important is it for, especially again, young college students um, to establish a good sleeping routine and not getting into those all-nighters and whatnot? If there was was one point that is most important about this talk, I would probably say it's sleep. Um, And it's what college students get the least amount Mm -hmm. of. Um, So you're right. Kids or students who are coming into college right now, they're not having their parents tell them when it's bedtime. Um, They've got that freedom to stay up as late and wake up as late as they want. But that can really be detrimental to their academic performance and also to their physical and Mm -hmm. mental health. So the recommendation would be to try to keep consistent timing for their sleep. And that's not just their bedtime, but also their wake up time. Um, I know that's that's a little bit unrealistic to expect every weekend for for students to be going to bed at 10 o'clock at night and waking up at seven o'clock in the morning. But trying to trying to limit those really late nights um, as much as possible to keep things consistent is is huge. Just like what Libby was saying earlier with the electronics, um, keeping that phone out of reach of the bed, um, because if it's there, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and your first instinct is to check, well, let's see what's going on on Facebook or who has messaged me while I've been sleeping. Um, unplugging an hour before bed. Um, I was actually reading something earlier about the blue light blocking glasses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that blue light in the computers and screens that really lights up the brain and tells it to stay awake. And so there are these glasses and you can get them on Amazon and they really aren't as geeky as they sound. Um, but you can get them and it kind of blocks out that blue light. So if you've got a paper that you have to be up finishing um, until it's time to go to bed, you can get those and it can help kind of mitigate some of those effects that, that the blue light might have on, on keeping your brain awake. Um, other really important component of, of getting good sleep is limiting afternoon and evening caffeine, um, Red Bulls, coffee, all of that. Let's let's try to keep those before noon um, if you're going to have them at all. Avoiding those late afternoon naps, which can really throw your sleep set or your sleep um, schedule off, is really important. And then you know another really big thing, especially for college students, is identifying and managing stressors in their lives. Um, it's it's a lot to be transitioning to a new routine and a new place and new friends and, and being away from home. And so those stressors and anxieties can keep students awake at night. Um, and so having a good outlet to deal with stress and, and anxieties can also improve sleep quality. Definitely. And several tips here that you guys talked about that I probably should have followed a little better myself uh, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> Anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to add to this that will just kind of help uh, college students, freshmen, even you know, younger than that, as they kind of get back to, into the school routine this year. Um, sure. This this is more for college students, but I guess you can tailor it down to to high school age as well. One of the big there are a couple of big things that I talk about with my patients when we're talking about back to school health um, for our older students is making sure that you're having having those conversations about alcohol and substance abuse um, and and how to safely navigate through that, whether it's going to parties and making sure that you're you're sticking with a group and and being accountable for one another so everyone is is in a safe situation. Um, 
to not drinking and driving or getting in the car with someone who's been drinking. Those are, are hard conversations to have, but ones that you need to have mm-hmm. before um, before going off to college. And then sexual health as well, um, sexually transmitted infection protection, and um, that sexual exploration is is something that happens in college, and whether it's it's finding your sexual orientation or um, deciding that, that you want to be abstinent for your whole college career, it's important to have those those thoughts and, and to kind of know what your values and priorities are um, in terms of, of keeping yourself healthy. That's really important as, as students are coming back to campus. Thank you, Meg, for adding that. Libby, you have anything else to add? So it's also important to think about keeping a physical activity routine when you're changing your environment. And a college campus provides a lot of opportunities for that, whether it's taking a long way to class to get some extra steps in or going to the gym facilities on campus or joining um, some intramural sports. It's very important to build into your new routine enough time to get adequate physical activity because that's going to make students sleep better. It will improve social health. It can reduce feelings of anxiety and just overall improve the immune system and give them a more well-rounded college experience. Right on. All right. Well, uh, thank you again, Dr. Richards and Dr. Sorg for joining the podcast today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. No problem. Again, if our listeners want to read more about those tips or see those again, they will be on the Fox 59 and CBS4 podcast page under Full Steam Ahead. I will link to that in the article that goes along with this podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about the School of Nursing, coming up in the next Full Steam Ahead podcast, I will be talking with Dr. Nancy Edwards from the School of Nursing. So be sure to stay tuned for that one as well. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. You can also listen, like, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.